Our This Week in XR podcast is sponsored by our friends at Sapper, the world's leading augmented reality platform and creative studio. With over 11 years of experience working with the world's biggest brands through Zapper Creative Studio. Zapper also has an award-winning web AR platform, Zapworks, that lets you create your own mobile AR magic. Finally, check out their Zap Box, the most affordable mixed reality headset on the planet. Start creating AR over at zap.works or talk to them about your next AR project at zapper.com. Good morning, everyone. It's November 18th, 2022. I'm Charlie Fink here with Ted Chilowitz for This Week in XR. Our guests this week are Andrew Jones and Troy Hawkins, uh, the leaders, uh, co-founders of NFL Pro Era, one of the new hit Quest Store games. And uh, our partner, Roni Abovitz, is going to miss today. If you're here for Roni, sorry to disappoint you. He promised to clear his calendar in the future. Meanwhile, it's just me and Ted like the old times. So let's get to the news, Ted. Radio. And we're both traveling this week. So we're both in. Uh, that's right. Two um, hotel room looks for everyone. Yes. It's hotel, room, it's hotel room week in uh, this week in XR. So, <laughs> so I, I don't know. We said last week we should talk about Twitter a little bit. Uh, I, I don't know what to say uh, other than a lot of people are posting on Twitter and Instagram that they're leaving Twitter. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, in my opinion, Mastodon sucks and it shows you everything that is wrong with Web3. Mm -hmm. um, so I love my web too. I suppose I'm just going to ignore my Twitter more and more as the audience dwindles and move it over to Microsoft owned uh, LinkedIn. Uh, yeah. Since I can't use Mastodon and moving to Instagram isn't a good option for an editorial writer. So some friends put me on Mastodon as well. What are the what are the challenges and the issues you're you're running into? Because hopefully they're listening to little media pieces like us and trying to actually respond to their opportunity now. Yeah, I hope so. I hope so, because Elon is clearly ruining Twitter, or at least whatever goodwill Twitter has built up over the years. Ironically, Meta had a much larger layoff than Twitter, yeah. but somehow this time dodged the deluge of criticism. In fact, Elon Musk has, has made them an example of something done right, which mm. is kind of ironic since what they did right was lay off uh, 11,000 people. But Zuck addressed uh, the company, and uh, was kind of sincere, oddly sincere, uh, about taking responsibility for growing too fast during the pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting, these kind of, you know, swings of the pendulum, which you and I have been around the planet enough to see this happen with many industries and many areas. But one of the things that I always think about is companies that I just refer to as software layer companies, right, built on the backbone and the usability and the viability of what we now call the internet, which was largely a government socially funded project, right, in the United States that glow into a worldwide phenomenon. Um, these companies are a layer built upon that. So they're effectively a house of cards in some scenario, right? Yahoo is a great provability of that. MySpace is a great provability of that. We could go through AOL is a great provability of that. We could go through this, you know, through a lens of the past and say, well, of course this was gonna happen because this has happened before and it's gonna happen again. When people use something on top of something that's the actual business, it is a, by its nature a house of cards. Now, how a guy named Elon doesn't quite realize that. And when you monkey with the house of cards, it's a fragile house, right? Yeah. And the house can break down. So I have kind of a prediction that Twitter is going to fully close down in the next little bit. 
Literally, that's it. He's going to say, we're done for a while. We're stopping all operations and we're going to rebirth it in some new form, which is what software allows. That's my my thesis. On he's, it. he's losing supposedly uh, $30 million a month. Mm -hmm. So if I owned the company outright, I would certainly be concerned about that. <laughs> I just feel like he's going to find some way to, you know, to, to spin it in a way that he can build it in his own image and his own goal set. And we'll see what happens. But, you know, there's not, nothing new here. We haven't learned anything new. Yeah. Well, I, I think the social media choices are Microsoft, Meta, and Twitter, uh, and Mastodon. Um, yeah. You know, I think LinkedIn could be a big winner here. Yeah. Interesting. So uh, some fundraising this yeah. week, uh, from tools companies, right? So Yahaha, which makes a no-code no code creation tool for 3D spaces that, of course, we all agree will form the metaverse, has raised uh, over $50 million. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, over $100 million in two years. This round was a $40 million round. So I, I had not heard of this company before, but obviously uh, they are uh, one of the leaders and by far not the only one looking at this new space saying, how are we going to build the metaverse? Yeah. And if Yahaha doesn't miss the opportunity to partner with Yamaha, the music <laughs> company, it's a huge miss for them. They need to make sure that they build the Yamaha metaverse. Now, speaking of the past, we made fun of Yahoo. So Yahaha might be a... Yahaha, baby. <laughs> I hope they have Yahoo's success. Uh, yeah. Also mm -hmm. raising money this week is a company called Arcturus. Um, mm -hmm. They make a volumetric capture uh, with fewer cameras. Now, there are a couple of companies, again, that do this. Obviously, they have very sophisticated technology. They partnered with Epic Games and Autodesk, um, and it looks like they're, uh, they've got a sort of important niche in Volcap as it becomes uh, more important to television and other media platforms. Yeah, and as you know, this is a big area of interest for me. I have equity stakes in companies like this. I believe in this kind of stuff. I think this is a sector that is underformed and, and very opportunistic. So anything that helps move this sector along is, is a good thing. I'm, I'm actually- Here's my, Here's my prediction. Apple yeah. is going to, uh, when they launch their device, rely heavily on um, you know, the uh, Apple um, TV brand. Mm -hmm. And a lot of that content will be volumetric. You think so? Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see, especially with a spatial device that allows it you know, because the thing about volumetric within a two-dimensional screen, even if you're wearing 3D glasses, is you don't actually need volumetric because it's not a truly spatial device, right? We're just tricking the eye this way. When you trick the eye this way in a spatial environment using a VR headset or more importantly, a mixed reality headset, volumetric will become a new key component to creating realistic live characters, right? And again, going through our lens of the past and our, our background in theme parks, I've been at Universal all this week doing some interesting stuff. Whenever I see a Pepper's Ghost illusion, there's something that gets me really excited about it because the, there was the early experiments of creating this believability that something's really there even though it's not really there. And, and so, Pepper's Ghost, of course, together. from the 1850s experiments that Julius Pepper did. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, the research they, on it, it's kind of an amazing thing. Yeah, yeah they, they, they lit a character backstage and they reflected it on stage with a mirror. And on stage, they had a black background and another piece of glass to capture right. the illusion. Right. Uh, and so, you know, not new technology. And that's how they put a ghost in your car mm -hmm. in Disneyland. So. Yep. Uh, Apple and Epic back in court. Maybe, we'll see. Yeah, yeah. So Apple Yeah, the Apple Epic thing is never going to end, is it? It's just going to keep going and going and going. 
Well, as long as they have lawyers, it will keep going. Epic has found a workaround mm. uh, in, in offering uh, a download for uh, a web-based download uh, to the iPhone. So I don't know why they're treating it so urgently. I guess it's a matter of principles for both companies, especially Apple, because uh, the judgment, although it, it, they said Apple's App Store is not a monopoly, they also directed Apple to start accepting third-party payments. Mm -hmm. uh, and of course, that means Apple has no way to keep track of how much money its partners are making. Um, I, I would say this, I mean, <laughs> you know, part of the reason that Apple kneecapped uh, Snap and Facebook uh, is because they refused to share advertising revenue with Apple. Right. Right. So, yeah. So when, you know, when, when two giants go at it and neither of them wants to back down, sometimes they realize, mm, maybe we should have backed down. We could have played this a different way, right? But you can learn that in hindsight. Yeah. Well, we'll see what happens with trial number two. We're obviously not going to hear uh, anything about the outcome until the middle of next year. So uh, moving right along, um, it's raining AR headsets this week, Ted. Yeah, it certainly is. It's another yet exciting, it's a pretty exciting week for me because I'm a big believer in this stuff and I and love to see forward progress. We're very close friends with Qualcomm and they're their enabling chip technology always puts a smile on my face. So it's yeah. very exciting. The new Snapdragon chipset, uh, AR2 Gen 1, uh, comes with a reference design for a headset um, that is truly uh, much, much lighter and slimmer form factor than we've seen before. So we'll see who picks that up and the Qualcomm device up. They're looking for OEMs uh, to use their designs, as is Vuzix which introduced yeah. an ultralight pair of glasses that um, looks a lot like the Vuzix blade just shrunk down some more. And only 35 grams of weight. So it's almost the, the, the weight of a normal pair of glasses in the year 2022, yeah. right? So extrapolate to the year 2025 and maybe we're starting to get somewhere. So well, um, and of course, Vuzix has that unique waveguide that's inside the glass. So that's, you yeah. know, something that, uh, that gives them an advantage in, uh, using these kind of um, smart glasses that are a mirror in a way of what you're seeing on your um, mobile phone. That's how the Huawei uh, smart vision glass works. Uh, Rokit also does this, right? It's just a heads up mm -hmm. display for your phone so that if you're playing a game, you can have a larger screen. Right, yeah. And that's how they keep the weight characteristics down is all the processing is off-boarded, right? So that's interesting. Did you, are you excited about the 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 prototype Niantic headset that apparently will work outdoors and, and looks like a cool little fun device to play games with? I'm pretty excited about that. Yeah, I think that could be really, really interesting. Um, you know, quite a bit of friction in carrying uh, another headset with you wherever you go, uh, but maybe it's something for excursions mm. and something more specialized than that. Yeah. Uh, I've always loved uh, the idea, which met, actually part of Meta's metaverse vision of bringing um, some of the digital world into our world and having content that's specifically designed to blend the two together. So tremendous well, I, potential. You're also live events like music and theater could be huge for um, AR. The way I think about it is if, you know, with the success, the overwhelming success of Pokemon Go, if you just capture one or 2% of the people that ever played Pokemon Go and they're like, gosh, it would be so cool to play Pokemon Go this way. That's a business in yeah, and of itself, really a, quite a large business. Uh, and if they get 5%, it's a home run. So, so you know I think it's working with Qualcomm. So there's no reason yeah, to think correct. this is gonna happen in the next couple of years. Right. So um, 
Meta has resurrected Notorious B.I.G. <laughs> uh, he's going to do his greatest hits as an avatar yeah. in Horizon Worlds. They built a kind of Brooklyn of the 1990s for him to perform in. So um, and that's one I may take a look at. Yeah, uh, I will. They, yeah. they, they say it's true to life and hyper realistic. It's a good holiday holiday VR thing for us. I've got my I've got my VR uh, system in my travels, so I'll pop into it and check it out. Uh, I, I see Andrew and Troyer here. Before we bring them in, I just want to give a shout out to Jackie Mori, who won the Accenture Lifetime Achievement Award. Yes. Um, Jackie has been a friend to everyone and has pushed this medium forward, both through teaching and through the many companies that she's worked with over the years. So congratulations, Jackie. Very much so. Alex, well deserved. We both yeah. know her well. It's great. Yeah, yeah well deserved. Um, and someday we'll have your lifetime achievement award, Ted. Oh gosh, maybe. <laughs> Let's. I think we need to lower our expectations severely, Charlie. But that's okay. I appreciate the comment. Good morning. Hey. Good morning. Welcome. How you guys doing? We're great. How are you? Doing good. Doing good. How's the VR football biz? <laughs> busy, busy. I'll bet. Busy, but I'll bet, I'll back. bet. So no complaints of mine. Well, Andrew Hawkins and Troy Jones, thank you so much for joining us on the show this morning. Ted and I are huge fans of NFL Pro Era. In fact, I would say it's, it's the only way two old Jewish white men are going to play football <laughs> at that level. Actually be able to play football, right. We couldn't do it in high school either, so it's sort of a wish fulfillment thing for me. <laughs> That's awesome. Making dreams come true. It's right. We love it. <laughs> but I gather professional athletes think this is actually pretty good training. Yeah, yeah, so we actually started the company as a training product. So we would work with NFL teams and specifically NFL level athletes to get them uh, prepared for game by using 3D simulated plays um, that we gather from NFL data. So that was kind of the impetus around us even getting to a, a video game was because they would go through it for training purposes and they would be having fun. And we're like, if NFL players are having this much fun, imagine what the fans who, who wouldn't get this opportunity, uh, the experience they would have with it. So absolutely. Yeah. Um, you know, one of the things uh, that strikes me about the game is how fast it moves. So you really get a sense of, you know, you, you know, it's kind of a leap of faith, right? It's moving so fast, you're throwing the ball before the guy is clearly open to catch it. Yeah. Uh, and it, it's just, you know, kind of gives you a new look at something you're so familiar with on TV, but it goes by very slowly on TV compared to what happens in the middle of it. Yeah, for sure. And the crazy thing about that is it's it's slowed down in the game, right? So so we actually playing on Sundays, especially from that quarterback position, it's it's like ten times faster. So it kind of gives a the fan a feel of just the chaos that's going on. Uh, obviously, I was a quarterback in college, and I'm biased. I think it's the hardest position in sports. So it's been cool to try to convey that in the experience and and see how people react. Oh, you know that's that's a good point. We we should um, go back to this, right? Because uh, you were a uh, you both played at the highest possible level. You were um, a college athlete um, and um, TJ was uh, in the NFL. So, uh, yeah. yeah. So Hawk, Hawk, was in the, Hawk was in the NFL, played for the Browns and the Bengals. Um, and I played quarterback at, at Maryland and Western Kentucky. And again, I think, you know, we always talk about how status pro is a culmination of our life's experiences. Um, and we draw so 
from my time as athletes so much, right? It's, it's the impetus around everything. Um, and we tried to take those experiences and apply them not only to the company, but within the game as well, right? So um, the, everything you hear from the audio to the first time user experience of running out of the tunnel with direct draws from what we felt were, were cool moments as, as athletes. And, um, and I think that's gonna be a foundation we have as we go forward. As a graduate student, you also were a coach, right? You were on the coaching uh, team. Uh, yeah, yeah, I had a brief stint, um, you know, trying that out, seeing what that career path would be like. I decided not to go against it. I'm kind of glad I did. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's funny, but you're still in the game. Exactly, exactly. So so here's a couple questions I have about the game. Um, first of all, uh, when you go into the experience, it's extraordinarily impressive to me, to Charlie, to others, um, how much you guys were able to interlace with the actual NFL properties, the NFL logos, the teams, the personalities, you know, you've got Lamar as like your kind of icon on the game. And, and that's a huge deal. Like negotiating anything with the NFL. And remember, I work for a company that owns CBS, right? CBS Sports. So I have a little insight into this is extraordinarily difficult, especially when you're talking about a new emerging platform where it's like, you know, the dollars aren't huge yet, right? And their interest level may be kind of exploratory and curiosity, but getting their attention and keeping their attention is probably a really, really difficult thing. So when I first put the game onto my quest, I was like, wow, these guys kind of almost landed like Madden level success with like the logoing and the feeling of, you know, being in the actual teams, the actual stadiums. Like I live in LA, so I'm, I'm Rams is my home team in the game. So like there is SoFi in all of its glory. It's perfect. It looks exactly like SoFi. So I'm curious if you've got any stories, both good and challenging as to what it was like to work and negotiate and discuss with the NFL building something like this. I'm sure we both could give a bunch of answers. I will say that it was not easy, um, as you would imagine, being a startup uh, uh, trying to negotiate or at least even get the attention of a company that is probably the most valuable IP, you know, in the country as it pertains to sports. So, but I mean, kudos to, to Troy. And also I'm going to pat myself on the back because we kind of just stayed the course. Our goal was to give fans that true experience and for it to be the true experience, especially when you talk about something like XR, which to us was a value proposition. We could put you in worlds that you've never been in. Yes, you could be uh, uh, an astronaut in outer space. You could be, you know, doing, being a fire pilot. But for us, this is something that maybe doesn't seem as like fantastical and removed from everybody's life, but it's still something that people haven't experienced. And so getting the IP, getting the, the logos, getting the players, that was very, very important to us because we were like, if we're going to do it, we want to do it as best as we possible, possibly can. And so your compliment about, you know, being at that level is, uh, you know, is greatly appreciated and something that me and Troy uh, were awake many nights on trying to make sure yeah, we, okay. we brought the life. For I sure. just think people do not realize how difficult it is to get through that gauntlet. So I'm very <laughs> impressed that you managed it. For sure. And it's just a testament to our team as well, right? The prototype that we were able to build um, as we were negotiating and trying to paint the picture for what this product could look like was, was very impressive. I think that was one of the key things that got the league over the hump. When they played the game, it was fun. Um, and it, it also showed, you know, how how the NFL IP could look in VR and how the fan could just get it, see it from a different perspective. Um, and I think they, they were aligned with the vision of having this be an extension of how people consume football and Again, it's, it's because the team has done an amazing job. We punch above our weight class in that way. And um, uh, huge shout out to them as well. How big is the team? How, how many people on your team to create this and, and market it and, and deal with all the negotiations and stuff? 
So in the weeds of negotiation of the business terms was uh, me and Hawk very hands-on with that and a couple of our, our advisors and, and head of business development. Um, and then in terms of the prototype, I mean, at the time we were building this with roughly, um, you know, a very small team to start. Um, and then when we got the, the rights, we were able to grow a team of roughly 21 employees full-time. Uh, we have a few studios we work with as uh, contractors, but as far as full-time employees, it was it was 21. Now we're at the point where we're north just north of 30 full-time and, and with the consultants included, um, slowly approaching over uh, close to 50. So That's great. Is the game built on Unity? Is it built on Unity? Yeah. Yep, built on Unity. Got it. Very impressive. So yeah, is yeah. that team working mostly on upgrades or do you guys have other sports simulation games that you are uh, going to bring soon? Yeah, the team is 100%. Go ahead, Hawk. I was going to say they're, they're, they're focused on the NFL Pro Era product, right? Like continuing to, to iterate on that, make it better. Um, and also listen to the fans. I mean, me and Troy, obviously, as you would imagine, had like this these very grand plans for the product. But the number one thing was first getting it out, building the community and getting the feedback, right? And our team, to Troy's point, has done an incredible job. It's the reason why the NFL entrusted us with their precious uh, intellectual property. Um, and they've continued to do that. And so, as you would imagine, for people like them who have spent so much time introducing something new to the market that has never been done, they're very precious about it, right? And continuing to make it better, continuing to make the upgrades, listening to user feedback and finding the ways where we can continue to develop and mature um, is where they're focused on. I mean, we do want to do other sports. That's absolutely in the pipeline. But for us, the focus now is making sure that we continue to nail football and, and make sure when people think of sports in XR, they think of us. And when they think of football, it's NFL Pro Era. How, how is the, um, the social aspects of the game going in terms of people finding their friends, connecting? Because that's kind of the hardest part that Charlie and I discover is lots of friction around like, I don't want to just play it with strangers. I want to play it with my buddies at the same time. And, and I want to be like in a league and I want to actually kind of progress very, again, you know, to give a lot of kudos to Madden as kind of the, the non-VR sort of thing that you guys emulated. Um, how is that going? How's that part of the experience going? Yeah, it's been interesting. Um, you know, we kind of see these little mini three on three, four on four leagues in our multiplayer sandbox that we have where people can just select an NFL stadium and, and kind of hang out and play these mini games with their friends, but they also have the round, the, the ability just to play freely. And uh, we kind of see this flag football leagues forming, which is pretty, pretty cool to see. Um, outside of our, our multiplayer sandbox, you have this two minute drill, uh, which allows you to compete against your friends on a leaderboard. Um, which is also something that I think allows people to kind of get the spirit of competition going um, within the game. Because as we know, that's a big part of sports, right? Everyone wants to be able to not only experience the game, but challenge their friend and, and, and be able to compete them and beat them in that way. So I think as we think about our pipeline and um, our next steps, leaning more heavily into that is, is certainly um, an area of focus that you'll see as, as we continue to, to build out pro air in the future. Um, and it's something that we think, you know, truly changed the way people experience sports and, and experience sports in XR. Because, I mean, once you can go head to head against your, your, your friend and, you know, as an NFL team, there's just a ton of legs behind that. And that's certainly something that's in the pipeline and something that we see and are excited to explore in the near future. So how does one play a receiver? I get the quarterback thing is perfect, right? Because it's made for the quest in a relatively small playing area. You can take, do a drop back like you would if you were in real life, which by the way, together with the uniforms in the stadiums just creates an incredible sense of immersion. But I would think if I'm using my joystick to do a crossing route, <laughs> it, may, it may not be as realistic. 
Well, you're actually, I, I would, I would call you on that because as a former NFL receiver myself, the thing <laughs> that really blew me away is when uh, our team built the, the POC, we had a version of it where you could see from the receiver perspective and Troy, when Ken attested this, I was like, yo, this feels exactly like it did on Sundays. Right. And so, I mean, we'd have to continue to, to iterate. Okay. That we have an amazing team that, you know, yeah. I'm not going to sit here and act like I'm the one engineering exactly how this is going to come to fruition, but I'm excited about it because I know the thing that we have been really good at is, is figured out the equation to do things that, you know, may not have felt possible before. Right. But it's, it's, it's always meeting the technology where it is and, and bringing it to life. So I, I think that we'll actually do a pretty good job of when we eventually get there, introducing uh, other positions slowly, but surely. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll make a request and I have a curiosity to see if it, you go back in time as far as we do in terms of the VR sports world. So mm -hmm. in the original um, set of Rift games, so this is going to go back five plus years, mm -hmm. uh, there was a game that I really, really liked um, that kind of got okay, like traction, but not huge, just called VR sports. And one of them was a VR sports football game. Charlie, I'm sure you played it, right? Um, and the greatest thing about that, which I was so hoping will be at your game at some point, is, you know, when you drop back, you do the pass, and then when the pass is in the air, it flips perspective, and you become the receiver, and you <laughs> catch it, and it, that was so unbelievably satisfying to me, yeah. and it's kind of the one thing that is, like, I guess maybe, again, different system, you know, big-time graphics, big-time computer to run it, and the stupid wire on the headset, but take all that away, that one component of being able to flip the world in real time and throw the ball and then catch the ball was phenomenal to me. And it's still a very big part of like my VR history of like telling people when you play VR football and you become the, the passer and then you become the receiver, you got to do it. And that's the kind of one thing I'm waiting for you guys to, to hopefully do at some point. Yeah, that's, sure. my, that's my feedback. No, <laughs> VR Sports Challenge, we were, we were big fans, um, definitely played it on the riff. And to your point, that experience was extremely satisfying. I think for us, again, it's certainly in a pipeline. Like I said, one of my partners, a former NFL receiver. So, you know, he, uh, well, I love the quarterback play. He's, he's excited. He wants for, to catch the ball. Yeah. The receiver play, right? Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Um, certainly something that we'll, we'll, we're looking at. And I think to your point, will be extremely satisfying and, and something mm -hmm. we can build upon. We'll be happy to be the alpha testers when you're in. And, and even <laughs> giving you more, just giving you even more transparency. I think, I mean, that was something we talked about early on, right? But we, as, as the kind of the two people who have to, you know, push the direction of the company, we consciously made the decision to give you the true quarterback experience, right? Because we're giving you NFL football. This isn't a fantasy football game. This isn't like, you know, you're jumping over the line of scrimmage and doing these, this is what the NFL game is like. And when you're a quarterback, you don't get to go the other way. But I think yeah, exactly. into a single player, it makes sense. We wanted to lay the foundation because eventually we want you, Ted, to be able to throw the ball to Charlie. Right. Yeah. And which would be phenomenal. Version yeah. of it, when we give the receiver, now you are playing social, then it's, you know, hey, you're the receiver, you're the quarterback. And so while at this juncture, it's like, man, I wish I could catch the ball. As it goes forward, I think people are going to be excited about the ability to that, have teams. That is friends. so interesting because we were just playing walkabout mini golf. They have a new course um, and we were playing it with Lucas Martel, who is the founder and creator. And uh, even though we were having a business meeting of sorts, uh, we were playing the game at the same time and it was very, very satisfying. And, you know, you remember playing, you know, catch is an extremely satisfying thing because it gives you something to do while you're in 
the simulation. I think other sports games like Golf Plus, I don't know if you guys are fans of any of these other sports simulations, but Golf Plus, um, you know, which has been endorsed by the PGA in the same way that, that you got the mm-hmm. NFL to endorse you and, and support you. Um, so I think sports simulation is, is not, I mean, it's not the biggest category, although it would be if you could combine physical fitness. And when the Quest launched, Ted, I never would have thought that its killer app would be sports simulation. Right, right, right. <laughs> I guess maybe me from my theme park background, there was always something about if you can simulate things that people like to do in the real world, that is a, that is a, that's a segment that's going to work. And of course, it's proved itself out with all the, the health and wellness side of things um, in, you know, in VR is that, oh, yeah, I can do this in a way that like I can't get to the real thing so I can do the simulation. Like right. it's a dream for anybody to be able to go on an NFL field and throw a ball, right? And just be in that environment. So the fact that you built the environment so realistically is like, you can imagine the day when the headset gets higher resolution, when the haptics are better, when everything's just better than it is now, when it's truly photorealistic. Like you go back in the, in the annals of video games and you look at the very first Madden games to what it looks like today. It's like, I'll watch, you know, my kids or my friend's kids sometimes playing Madden or NBA 2K and I'll do a double take. I'm like, oh, is that a real game? I was like, oh no, that, they're just playing NBA 2K. I'm like, no, they're not. That's like a real <laughs> basketball game. Yeah. And when we get to that level in VR, forget about it. Like, it's going to be so amazing to okay. feel like you, you're actually the quarterback. Like, this is crazy. And we're getting close to that, you know? And we agree with you. I think that, you know, when you just look at the space, um, the ability to replicate experience that you could have in real life um, and then have those shared experiences with your friends, I think are the two most important and compelling elements as we try to go down this path of making VR ubiquitous. And we obviously are biased, but we feel like the NFL um, can have a big hand in that, right? Because again, the ability to play catch in your favorite stadium is powerful. I mean, you know, I don't know if you all have ever, ever been on the center field of SoFi, but to be able to, to do that and, and pick any other stadium and hang with your friends is cool. And then, like we said, as we introduce the head-to-head simulation portions, we, we feel like that's going to that's gonna go down in, in history as, as one of the key drivers um, to just get people excited. Cause again, playing in an NFL game, I think is every NFL fan's dream. I, I got to uh, kick a, uh, I got to kick a field goal once, uh, a fake field goal in SoFi. And let me tell you something, uh, I was terrible at it. And the idea of having, you know, the version in VR where I don't have to be terrible at it is kind of a dream for all of us, you know, non-athletes. Oh yeah, I didn't even think about kicking, but that would be awesome. <laughs> yeah. So it's similar to being a quarterback, you could also do it in a relatively small space, right? You don't have have to cross the room. (laughs) For sure. sure. That's awesome. Interesting that um, other professional sports like MLB and Major League Soccer, although there is a company doing, I think, a Major League Soccer training simulation, um, but it's interesting, MLB has had several treatments in VR, and they're not nearly as successful. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. I think that, um, you know, I know they've been in this space for a while um, and we actually actually got a chance to try their their home run derby experience, which I thought was very compelling when we were at the MLB All-Star game this past summer. And um, and I think, you know, the timing is now. I think you'll start to see a lot of different leagues um, look to get in the space as, as technology continues to improve. We got, you know, what, roughly two to three headsets, new headsets launching next year that I think is going to continue to just uh, drive adoption and and. and peaks league's interest on how they can continue to enhance experiences. So, um, and, but I think the NFL, everyone's looking at the NFL is like, okay, let's see how this goes. Right. Cause it's, cause it's a shield. It is the most powerful league in the country. So, you know, as, as we continue to have success with this title, we 
certainly expect to see uh, leagues just continue to iterate and invest in the space. And I think that's a good thing for everybody. All shifts kind of rise with the tide in that way. So we're, we're just fortunate to be able to kind of lead the charge and, and, um, and try to make sure that we go about doing this the right way so fans can see how this can become a, a valuable part of how they consume sports. So do you continue to go back and forth with the NFL? You're actively engaged with them or did they kind of approve the license and uh, then stand back and see what you did? Yeah, I mean, our, our relationship with the NFL is, is one that's very close. Uh, I think they they just love what we're doing overall as a brand and, and company as well, in addition to the product that we have. So um, for us, it's about trying to create an experience that's not exactly one-to-one, -one, but one-to-one -one of the most fun parts of the game, right? And understanding the league's KPIs and the way that they want to engage fans is, is important, right? Because, you know, you want to stay aligned with your partners um, so that you can keep keep continuing on and, and building this title out. So that's what our relationship consists of with the league right now, just understanding, okay, how do you want to target your fans? What experiences do you want to give them? And, and just making sure our strategies, we build this game out and go forward is aligned with that. Um, and so far we've done a good job of it. I know how that probably has much to add to that with what we've done. So, in the market. Sure. I'm really glad you brought that up because, you know, marketing games is so hard for VR because the small audience or relatively small audience means that mass market vehicles aren't really going to help. Um, but it seems to me um, that this would be an amazing thing to just demo at games. You'd get hundreds of people lined up to demo this at a game. Um, and, and of course, there are a lot of kids at a game. It's very hard to, to focus on kids anywhere else, right? But, but you know, those are always for uh, the Quest and other kind of games, uh, really the first ones, to, you know, not adults, but really kids or you know, teens are, are the first to adopt it. And then everybody looks over and says, oh my God, look at this thing that it's so good. And so uh, how do you reach them? How do, how do you talk to them? Because you've got to be doing something outside of being the best in the Quest store. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we, we, we have a, a great team again on the, on the marketing side internally as well. And our goal strategy was we, I mean, we felt like sports could help drive ubiquity of VR, right? Because if people may not understand and be ready for what they call XR technology or you know, there's a barrier for people feeling like they understand or they might not be super technical. They can all understand wanting to play in the NFL game and they can all see the fun of somebody else playing and saying, man, I want to I want to try that. And so we really dug into our own network. Right. I mean, the the decision to get Lamar Jackson as our cover athlete and a partner in the company was a big one for us. He just aligned with who we were as people and as a company so much. Then beyond that, I mean, we have some of the, the biggest athletes and entertainers invested in the company as well. And we're just in a circle to show like, hey, you guys may not be paying attention to this, but it's really cool. You should try it. And when they try it, other people see them and it, it yeah. kind of, you know, acts as influence in the community. I mean, when you talk about activations, we've activated at NFL kickoff. We've activated in London for their games. We just came from an event with Steve Young in Atlanta. Um, and we get inquiries literally every week from the biggest places for us to bring our game there in sports. And for us, we know that it helps drive the uh, amplification of our product, but even more VR. And it shows the capabilities that maybe some of these partners, some of these leagues, some of these people weren't considering at this being a part of the, the, the mix of video games, but um, we feel good about our company being one of the ones that are able to do that. All right, that leads me to the next question. Has Goodell been in it? That was... <laughs> I, we have not taken Goodell through the game. Okay. Uh, but obviously you've taken some big NFL stars through the game. So yeah. Mark Jackson has clearly played it. He's an, he's an investor in the company or an advisor in the company. He's one of the best at playing NFL pro era. He's, uh, he's so do you guys have any footage of him playing the game? Like, do you have? Yeah. yeah. 
Okay, good. Okay. So it's on the YouTube. Yeah, it's on the YouTube. We actually released it with um, you know, early on when we at launch, we did like a BTS when we did the uh, key art reveal with them, and we showed a clip of him playing a game and going through the trophy room. Uh, nice on socials so yeah we got a chance to put it on uh the rookie class and rookie premiere in may um most of athletes throughout point earlier when we built the game you know we wanted to make sure that the players felt like this is hey this is what this is what the experience is like and they thought it was fun because if they think it's fun then we feel confident in taking it to the consumers and 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 standing proudly to say like hey this is what an uh, an nfl vr game should look like where you're now taking over the shoes of a player it's pretty cool. Well, if you if you ever want to do a TV show where you've got real NFL players playing the game, uh, I know this little company called CBS Sports. Maybe we could uh, convince them. <laughs> Just exactly. let me know if we're interested. That'd be awesome. That'd be awesome. Um, yeah, you know that's a pretty good idea, Ted. It'll be fun, right? Yeah, exactly. VR it'd playing good the game. For, it'd be good for VR too. I could think of a few sponsors who might support that yeah. as well. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, I, I tell my students, I actually stole this from Brett Bushnell, who did, does location-based entertainment, that mm -hmm. uh, VR is best when it's dire. Dangerous, impossible, uh, uh, risky, and expensive. Yeah, risky, yeah. And so this is, well, this is impossible, right? I mean, this is, goes way beyond George Plimpton and Paper Tiger from the 60s. Um, you know, this is, this is the real deal. So, um, you know, impossible things... Uh, made possible as part of the magic of VR. And I think you guys have really captured that. That's, you know, the really incredible thing that you could be in a, in a place doing something that in real life, very, very few people can actually do and experience. Um, you know, it's so specialized. It takes so many years of practice to be standing in that spot um, in an NFL game. And the fact that I can just casually drop in there as a 60 year old man is, is, something I never expected to be doing in this life. Yeah, that's, an, that's the mission of the company, right? We say we're democratizing athleticism and, and just trying mm -hmm. to bring experiences to, to people worldwide, obviously starting with the NFL, but eventually all sports of just what it's like to be that athlete and connect the fan, the athlete, the leagues in a unique way. And um, again, the only barrier we see to that really is just getting people in a headset. Because once you get in and, you know, I, I truly have put this on a lot of people and everyone's experience of just being in the stadium for the first time and or throwing their pass and, and as they get comfortable with the game and get the competitive juices flowing like you can see them start to to want to stay in it and continue to to, to compete so as we build on top of it and just increase the depth of the gameplay um, I'm excited because I, I truly believe like I said this is the future of how people will will engage with sports I, I do think that it has a place um, as an extension of console I think console will always be a way that people will play but when you talk about just seeing what it's like and, and doing that parallel with your with your season, your favorite team season, I just think there's a strong place in that and, and VR is, a, is the best use case for it. Well, we're running up to the end of our show. Um, do you guys have anything you wanna to say to our listeners about the game and about the company? I think um, you were on a ter terrific trajectory um, and I'm really excited to see what you're gonna do next. And I think also, by the way, very smart to keep focused on the popular game building it up, satisfying fans, building on their desires. I, I think that's going to lead you to a lot of success. I appreciate that. And, uh, uh, for me, yeah, first I would just say that, you know, listen, Christmas is approaching. So <laughs> today. Uh, I'm available on Quest and PSVR. Um, we have a Steam release coming for the holidays as well. So excited about, excited about that. Um, and play two-minute drill. I'm, I'm ready to start challenging some people, see if they can get a high score. 
um, get some competition going. So that's that's my two cents. Oh my gosh, Charlie. So now I have another really good question because he dropped the PSVR thing. I know. <laughs> Can you imagine photorealistic? So you guys, I'm imagining, have had a little early look at the the PlayStation Five plus the second gen PSVR and what it's going to play like there. Can you give us any kind of clue uh, for the listeners? All, all, all I'm like, to say is we're uh, we're our goal is to be on any and all platforms. <laughs> so, so you know, um, that's the politically correct answer. Yeah, we they, we uh, want the scoop on is, is, it, is there a Steam version? Is there a Steam version? It will be releasing around the holidays. Yes, wow, that's great. That's great. Um, well, Troy, um, wishing you guys continued success. Thank you. Uh, for delighting us and and Andrew, uh, a pleasure uh, to meet you and um, thank you for all the uh, great games that we got to watch and uh, all the pain you absorbed for us to do that. <laughs> our pleasure. Thank you guys for having us. All right, that's our show, everybody. Have a great week and we'll see you next time.